0: One Peter one, verses 1, 1 Peter 1 verses one to five. Peter, an apostle of Christ Jesus, to God's elect exiles scattered through out the provinces of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time.
1: Thank you very much, Josh. Thank you for reading for us. Um, Now, if um, you've been around over the last year, uh, then you'll know that we have been working our way through John's Gospel, uh, right the way through from beginning to the end over uh, sort of the whole of the the year, from September through. Um, And last week we finished, got to the very end of John's Gospel. Um, And you know what happens at the end? Uh, You get the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. And it might just be that you're thinking to yourself, well, so what? It's all very well having that fantastic story of all that Jesus uh, has done, the miracles, uh, the great words that he spoke, and then his death, um, and then his resurrection. But kind of, so what? So what for me? What difference does that make to me? Well, as it happens, uh, these verses that we're looking at at the beginning of this letter that Peter wrote, uh, give us the answer to that really important question. Um, Because you see what it says there. It says in verse 3, In his great mercy, he, that's God, has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So there it is. The resurrection of Jesus gives us new birth into a living hope. And in all sorts of ways, actually, um, that's what we will be seeing later on when Cain gets baptised. We can see a little picture of that new birth. Um, we'll see a little bit of sort of symbolic dying, because Cain will go under the water. It won't be a real dying, because we won't keep him there very long. But it's a sort of dying, isn't it, going down under the water. And then a symbolic coming back to life again coming up out of the water, new life, cleansed, fresh start, beginning again. That's the symbolism uh, of baptism uh, that we'll see in a little way later on when Cain gets baptized. But almost at once in our verses, Peter changes the imagery and he stops talking about new birth. And he starts talking about an inheritance. Do you see that in verse 4? Where he says that this um, God has given not only new birth into a living hope, but also an inheritance. And I thought we'd do a little bit thinking uh, about inheritance this morning. Let me leave that out of the way. Um, Because we kind of get inheritance, don't we? Or or maybe we don't. Let, Let me explain. An inheritance is something that you get from somebody when they die. So, um, if somebody dies, sometimes they leave things behind um, in their their will um, that you receive from them as an inheritance from them. Uh, Because they're not using them anymore, so they give it to you. You are their heir, and you get an inheritance. That's the way it works. Um, And this verse tells us about that inheritance. But the kind of inheritance that God gives is very, very different to the kind of inheritance that you get here on earth. And so Peter gives us a little bit of a contrast. So let's begin by thinking about the sort of inheritance that you can get here on earth, okay? So um, let's imagine that, I don't know, um, your, um, your aunt in the Netherlands dies, And she leaves you her most excellent Dutch bike. It's very lovely. Look at that, gorgeous. Lovely Dutch sit-up bike, perfect for Cambridge. You're very excited. You think, goody, I've got the inheritance. I'm going to get this lovely Dutch bike. How good is that? So here it is, look. Inheritance number one. Just waiting here for us. It's just arrived in the post. Shipped over from the Netherlands. Now, who would like to come and open it for me? Very exciting! You're going to come and open it for me. Come on then, Danny. You've got to rip all the paper off. Sure, you're capable of that. I might be. Good job, good job. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Excellent, excellent. Keep going. It's all got to come off. More ripping. Very good, very good. All the way there it is. Oh dear. Oh my. Danny, thank you very much. You can go you can go and sit down again. I appreciate your help. There we go, yeah, kick it all away. Good idea. So look. Maybe you can't see it very well, in which case there's a picture up on the screen. Look what's happened to this lovely bike. It's all rusty. It's gone all rusty, the the chain guard thing's fallen off, the tires come out. It's perished this. It's all perished. They're terrible. It's completely ruined. The the seats twiddled round. Shall I give it a ride? Shall I see if it works? Uh, It doesn't work either. It's completely ruined this bike. Is that terrible? See, that's what sometimes happens. You get very excited about an inheritance here on earth, but it perishes. Gets left out, gets all rusty, ruined. Never mind. Anyway, anyway, we'll forget about that one because um, we've got some other inheritance. Um, suppose, as well as having an aunt in the Netherlands, suppose you've got Uncle John. And Uncle John decides that he's going to leave you his tennis racket. Only, this isn't just any old tennis racket, because Uncle John is Uncle John McEnroe. <laughs> yes. And he's left you the tennis racket with which he won his very first Wimbledon. Oh, how good is that? And look, it's come in the post with lots of fragile stickers on it. Look at that. Uncle John McEnroe's tennis racket. Who wants to come and open this one? going to come and open this one? Come on. It says fragile, so be very careful. So exciting. Oh, it's in a case. Great. Lovely, lovely. Okay, can you unzip it for us? Oh, there it is. Right, now get it out. Unzip it, unzip it, unzip it. it, it. Good work, good work. work. Oh, teamwork. Okay. Now, do you want to get it out? Very careful, it's fragile. There you go. Oh, I don't believe it. Look at that. Uncle John McEnroe's tennis rackets that he won Wimbledon with. Broken. Well, thank you very much for helping. You can go and sit down again now. Now, you see, look. Here it is. We got so excited. And then look. Look what we've got. Even though it said fragile. They didn't look after it in the post, did they? And here it is. spoilt. Spoiled because people didn't take care of it. So we got very excited about this, but this is spoiled. Anyway, never mind, because it so happens that unbeknown to you, you are actually related to a very famous painter from the past. Fancy that. Who would have thought that Leonardo da Vinci was somehow your great-great-grandfather? And there it is. To the Louvre's great surprise... They are in fact not the owners of the Mona Lisa after all, but you are. Oh, that's good. And here it is. And this one didn't arrive in the post. This came special courier delivery. Oh, exciting. Um, Who would like to come and get the Mona Lisa out? Who hasn't come yet? Come on in. Come on in, Jack, you can do it. You might need a bit of ripping. Yeah, that's it. A bit of a bit of ripping. Very good, very good, very good. Keep going, keep going. Just pull that out, pull. Very good. Now be careful. It's very precious, this. Okay, there it is. Now very precious. That's it. Just gently out, gently out. Slide it out. That's it. Oh, Don't worry about that. Oh, there it is. Okay. Here we... Oh. 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 Oh, dear. You can hardly see it at all. Look at it. It's been left out in the sun. It's faded. Someone put it out in the, in, the, in the Louvre's heat wave. Oh, thank you very much. You can go and sit down as well. Oh, look at that. It's completely faded away. You can hardly see it at all. It's useless now, isn't it, the Mona Lisa? Well, get rid of that as well. See, there it is. All of the things that we get so excited about... All of the things that we might inherit here on earth, well, things go wrong. They perish with age, or they get spoiled by people, or they just fade away over time. But do you see what these verses are telling us? See what these verses are saying about the inheritance that God gives? See it there in verse 5? Uh, in verse 4, this living hope, this inheritance is one that can never perish, never spoil, never fade. Imagine that. What God gives, what God promises, secure for us forever. A creation that is perfect. Forever. A health in your body that is perfect forever. Relationships with the people that you love. Perfect forever. And a love for God that is perfect forever. And no matter how many years go by no matter what happens around you, that never changes. Never perishes, never spoils, never fades. That's what this inheritance is saying. That's how good this is, God's gift to us. An inheritance that can't perish, can't spoil, can't fade. Perfect forever. Now, how could that be? How could it be that good? You might be thinking to yourself, can I really be sure that this inheritance that God has promised with me promised to me is as safe and sure as that? Well, our passage gives us two answers to that question as well, and here 's the first because our passage says that yes, you can be sure that God will give you this inheritance and that it'll be permanent for you forever because God keeps it safe for us. God keeps it safe for us. Um, See, um, imagine maybe one day you go out to a nice restaurant and before you go, you reserve a table. Now, what does that mean when you reserve a table? It means that the restaurant is keeping the table safe for you. No one else can have that table. It's your table. It's there with the reserved sign on. They keep it there at the restaurant until you arrive, until it's yours. Or or maybe you're out shopping and you see a toy that you really, really want, but it's quite big. And wonderfully, on this rare occasion, mum and dad says, yeah, all right, we'll buy it. How about that? That would be good, wouldn't it? And they say, yeah, we'll buy it. But it's a big toy. And you are got to do a bit more shopping. So instead of taking it home straight away, the shop says, we'll, we'll put it to one side for you. We'll keep it safe for you till you come back to collect it at the end of your shopping. Well, the shop has put it to one side. They've kept it safe. It's yours. And nobody else can take it away. Well, that's what God says, that he keeps our inheritance safe for us in heaven. Where all of the things of this world can't spoil it. Where time can't get at it. Because it's kept safe for us in eternity. God keeps it safe. But but then, Peter tells us a second reason. Not only is it that God keeps it safe for us, God also keeps us safe for it. Did Did you see that? See how he says that? This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who, through faith, are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. How do you think about the Christian life? Do you think it is your job to heroically keep going all the way to the end? Is that how you tend to think about it? It's all about me keeping strong. Me persevering. Me doing all the work that needs to be done to get to the end of the Christian life. It's easy sometimes to think like that. But you see what this verse is saying? This verse is saying something rather different, isn't it? This verse is telling us that God keeps us safe because he shields us with his power. If you're a Christian believer, then today and tomorrow, and all the rest of the days, till you finally get to meet him in glory, you are being shielded by the power of God. Shielded, protected by him. As if he has his arms around you, keep you safe, and see you through to the end. He does it. What a glorious promise that is. How reassuring. How good to know that that's what God does for us. That's why we can be certain about this inheritance, not being something that perishes or spoils or or we won't end up getting after all, but here's an inheritance that we will get and we're sure about being able to get it because God keeps it for us and he keeps us for it. What should we do about that? Any ideas what we should do about that? What what does the passage tell us to do about that? Any bright ideas? Thank you, Lee. Lee Gatiss wrote, right? Praise. That's how this passage begins, isn't it? Praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we should do when we're reminded about this fantastic inheritance. We should praise him. Um, And as I was thinking about this on Friday, I thought to myself, we have to sing another song now. Um, We weren't going to sing at this stage. We were going to go downstairs with do the baptism. But I thought we've got to sing another song because we've got to praise God for such a fantastic thing that he's done. So what are we going to do, Matt? We're going to sing Praise My Soul, The King of Heaven. We're going to sing Praise My Soul, The King of Heaven. Um, And we have got some words as well. That was good. Um, So before we go down and get reminded about the new birth, uh, we're going to praise God for the new birth and the inheritance uh, that he gives us. So with the musicians...